can we fully advocate for the intersections of the Black Lives Matter movement? Huh? What? Yeah, this is, we starting. Huh? Yeah. What, Black Lives Matter movement yeah, gotta do with? Well, I'm not done. See, I'm not done okay. yet. Okay. Part of the question. I'm listening. Che, 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 you already know it's your boy Zoe with Honey Hill. You are now tuned in with Kenneth Goes Live. Let's get it. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Yeah. yeah. Kenneth Goes Live. Kenneth goes live. All right. So I was reading this blog called Muse, and they have an article titled Does the Devil Wear Prada or Plastic? Mm-hmm. And I seen a question there that says, that asks, can we fully advocate for the intersections of the Black Lives Matter movement or any human rights issue while in full support of fast fashion? So I thought, okay, hmm. That article was written by, I believe her name is Davia Murray. And I put that question and I wanted to use it for this because, you know, topics of sustainability. So... I wanted to ask you that question. Um, that's the thing. If you want to be able to clothe your body in some fashion, in some way, shape, or form, everybody is in support indirectly of fast fashion. It's just making a conscious decision on which companies are violating human rights, um, are taking full advantage of um, <clears throat> uh, monetary conversions that kind of work in their favor so mm. a lot of companies outsource their labor because of that um of course i can't the view is the bottom line um and that's what most businesses every business kind of they they worry about their profits but um you have to make a again you have to make a conscious decision as to which companies are concerned about profits for expansion and advocacy and philanthropy and the ones that are interested in their profits just to make more of the same crap that's going into landfills. I'm starting to grow more fond of episodes that I travel for outside of just recording them, you know, at school because that's a more central location for me and the guests and I'm able to find somewhere quiet. Um, you know, when you don't have a studio, you have very limited options because you have to consider background noise and distractions while recording and just pretty much the whole nine. So, you know, just recording somewhere different just provides a better vibe and, you know, you get, you're in a different, it's a different ambiance, you know, it's just a different feel and um, kind of enjoy the conversation more in a sense. Today I'm at Yemi's apartment and we're highlighting her. She's a textile designer and her work is handmade crochet. She does purses, scarves, beanies, anything cozy. Hence the name of her business, Cozy, C-Z-Y. But here's the plug. One of her signature items of her brand is handbags, which are 100% renewable resource cotton using t-shirt yarn. I admire the sustainability and quality that her brand Cozy offers. Plus, I have a custom item myself. But if you listen to my first episode, I named Yemi as someone I plan to highlight 
and give a chance to tell her story. And now we're here. Episode seven, we're reloaded. <laughs> uh, before I go, I don't wanna drag it too much, but I do wanna highlight the importance of networking horizontally. You know, that's pretty much looking who's to your left of you and to the right of you. And it's pretty much someone that you know. Yemi is someone that I know, and I've been knowing her for a couple of years, right? For a couple of years now. And um, yeah, I, I, we have to see that importance in knowing or just appreciating what our friends are doing and just how they're bringing a light into this world. And she had a hobby, something she's very passionate about, and she's writing her own rules, and she's bringing something new to the world. Why not capture her story while she's on the come up? That's what Kenny Goes Live is about. That, I feel like that more is a individual um, morale. It's mm -hmm. whatever standard everybody holds themselves to mm -hmm. or holds those around them to. Mm -hmm. So there are always alternatives, but the facts remain. Um, while we can be like, oh, I hate fast fashion, there's reality that... <clears throat> When you think of the labor that goes into things that are slow fashion, mm -hmm. do consumers have the patience to receive what they're asking for mm, okay. in alternative? Now so, yeah. Okay. So, it ties in perfectly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, you can't really... You can be against fast fashion, but you just have to be mindful, okay? Um, how do you kind of bridge the gap like people go thrifting there's depop but there's still people that kind of drastically hike up the price mm -hmm. to fit their lifestyle what bill they want to pay with whatever they're about to sell mm -hmm. rather than the idea that you know i'm so it's saving so i'm i'm how up at this i am Reducing the amount of items that somebody who is oppressed, whoever is making this this piece of cloth I have on. Mm -hmm. If I go and toss this and go buy another one, that's another one that somebody else has to make. Whereas I could just donate it and it could go, you know, full circle and get the value of the material. Mm -hmm. I see... <coughs> it is as I think about the issues I think of it as being a layered question too because it's yeah, like that's why I'm like sustainability is so many things like you can be like oh I'm saving money by buying in bulk that's sustainable mm -hmm. like um, but something's like you know we have these clothes on because it's affordable I can't right. essentially I'm go and purchase go. different type of items um, it's kind of like your foot is in the door but another foot is outside the door in a way yeah. That's how, how I kind of see I it. I think... Um, or someone can just, depending on how they want their lifestyle to be, they can have one area of their lifestyle being sustainable, but, you know, the other one's just kind of like if they can. Mm -hmm. Or, I mean, everything's if you can, but you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like in the middle. Yeah, like people um, use reusable paper towels. Mm -hmm. Would I personally do that? No, because I think that's gross. Um, <laughs> but there's people that very well do so. Um, recycling, just simply recycling, whether it's... Uh, a kind of local mandate mm -hmm. that requires the community to recycle mm -hmm. it's still a personal choice because you could just still throw all your stuff in the regular garbage and the garbage man is not going to tell the difference nor is the sorting center 
True. Okay, bet. Uh, so tell the people where you're from. Um, yeah. I am from New Jersey. Um, born Nigerian American. Family came here about a few months shy of me being born from Nigeria. But I was born and raised in New Jersey. All right. And you came to Houston, I was reading your bio, 2016? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, late 2016, okay. around. So that would make it like, what, seven, seven years? Going on seven years. What brought you to Houston? Um, what brought me to Houston was my family moved here. Mm-hmm. So it was more so by force than by choice. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How have you changed since then, um, in 2016? And what would you tell yourself if you had to, like, hey, Change in what aspect? Um, just how have you changed? Just generally, okay. okay. Um, moving out of New Jersey is to Houston is a, definitely a culture shock. Mm-hmm. Um, here is more laid back in a sense where, um, I don't know, everything's more slowed down. I don't even know how to explain it, but... Just moving around New Jersey versus moving right here. People are, do I get the sense of Southern hospitality? Yes. Um, some of it is genuine. Some, like anywhere, some of it is genuine. Some of it is disingenuous. Um, but I think here, because everybody is so laid back, you won't see, um, you won't see some of the things that I've seen. Mm-hmm. In the tri-state area, I guess. Um, like, like even just down to the crackheads, they're a little different there. <laughs> they're a little different there than they are here. Like the crackheads here, I feel like are a little more pleasant. Um, <laughs> they're a little nicer. I don't know. Um, and I don't know if that's a good thing because that means you know I've had a little too many more run-ins with them than I'd like in, for a lifetime. Mm. <laughs> you know, but I advocate for those to get help. I don't judge anybody that is on the street. That you know, everybody has their ups and downs. Some more drastic than others. <laughs> okay, what would you tell yourself? Um, what is something that you notice y- younger you? I guess any improvements or the younger me. Um. <laughs> Man. Um, I was always a very curious person, um, and that was a testament to the friends that I had. And I would say I'm pretty, when it comes to, I wasn't very picky with my friends as I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've experienced a good amount that I was just probably like a studio audience member too, <laughs> mm-hmm. rather than participant. Um so I feel like uh, I'm I'm seeing the value of not being around everyone. Um, yeah, I travel a lot for work at leisure. So um, generally, the only time I leave Houston or leave the house is when I leave the state or the country. So um, yeah, I'm extremely extremely finding value in my alone time. I think that's what has been the biggest difference but I think that also just comes with the fact that I came from a 
I transitioned to a whole other place that I didn't know anyone besides family. So that kind of happened by default. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it's um, bittersweet. Okay. And then COVID didn't really help that on top of that. <laughs> so a bit of a hermit a little bit. How was it growing up in New Jersey? Um, the community is more close-knit, for sure. Um, where um, I've lived near the friends that I've known for a while, we all kind of lived in close proximity. Whereas here, Conroe is 30 minutes that way. Mm-hmm. Um, Memorial City is about 20 minutes that way. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, like it's all greater Houston area, but it's like still individual times where you get that in New Jersey, but um, it's more accessible. You don't have to drive. You can just hop on one bus and it'll kind of get you there. Mm -hmm. Um, And but that also comes with, you know, whether um, government officials want to expand transportation or not. But the Mm -hmm. transportation in Houston is piss poor. Terrible, especially for as big as it is. It's like all this land and opportunity, but uh, you, you gotta take three buses just to get down the street. And that was my experience when I first got here. I'm like, oh, I, you know, I'm used to taking the tr- public transportation, or my dad would just drive me around. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, okay, let me see if I can just kind of, because I'm a pretty nomadic individual. So let me see if I can go around public transport. That was the worst mistake of my life. Um, especially starting school here. Like, I had to take two buses and a light rail just to get to campus. I'm like, that is egregious and excessive. (laughs) Um, yeah, it's just like, that's, I'm let, that's why another thing that probably seeps into me being, um, a hermit, like, to get around is ridiculous and I hate driving, especially in Houston, I get a little PTSD. (laughs) uh i was gonna ask you do you have any i guess some of the friends are you still friends with any all your friends from new jersey or all no okay a good amount yes okay um there's friendships that i've had for 10 years there's friendships that have like rekindled from even elementary school very Mm -hmm. interesting but yeah it happens um yeah, I think more so now. I'm having a lot of, um, and I don't even know if this could be a, a life thing of spiritual awakening. I don't know. People kind of are hippy dippy now. Um, so uh, maybe it's like a lot of people from past are coming back to present, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure if that's a good thing or bad thing. <laughs> but I'm taking it one day at a time. Um, but yeah, I have very long-standing friendships, but I've also learned that you cannot take everybody with through every walk of life, mm-hmm. you know, through the entire journey of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and people grow apart, not that it happened like, you know, oh, we had a disagreement, but you just generally kind of grow apart. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's just my story. I have long friendships, short friendships, red friendships, blue friendships, things happen. <laughs> okay, but... Um, I was reading your bio, um, and you put procurement, and correct me if I'm saying it wrong, procurement analyst by day and creative by night. Um, let's unpack um, procurement 
analyst. What is that in layman terms? Um, how do I put this? I'm gonna explain it to you how my professor explained it to me. Um, we make entrepreneurs' dreams come true. Mm-hmm. Um, so my place, my um, role or what I do is I kind of manage the flow of creation mm-hmm. in a sense from um, ideation, which is like the concept of whatever is being created all the way to production. Um, so I manage, um, or I keep track of literally like testing, quality testing, formulation, um, what is feasible, um, if it falls within budgets, um, pricing per pound, per whatever the unit of measure is. Um, but generally, yeah, we kind of turn individual materials into the final product okay so like if to Mm -hmm. explain it very even more in layman terms Mm -hmm. um i would be the person who bought the wood to build a house okay but i would be the one that processes it to kind of um, contractual workers to build a house but my what i would focus on is price of lumber okay price per pound of lumber what How a, I could get more bang for my buck. <laughs> what I just thought about now is what would a procurement... Well, I do... I grasp the concept, and mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that anybody else is listening will grasp the concept. Mm-hmm. Now, I even thought about this question right now. What is a procurement analyst within, looks within Cozy? Um, me doing procurement analyst has nothing to do with Cozy. <laughs> okay, no, but what would um, it look like if it was um, procurement analyst there? So... To break it down further, um, the materials to make yarn in itself. Okay. Um, there's wool mixtures. There's acrylic mixtures. There's cotton mixtures. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there potentially is a broker or a salesman for wool, mm-hmm. cotton, acrylic, polyester. Mm-hmm. Um, you would kind of get price per pound or ounce or whatever. Um, and then it kind of shifts to a process of whoever is manufacturing the yarn. So what I would personally be doing is in narrowing down which supplier I would be getting my materials, whether I want it to be, whether idea is, okay, we want to make a wool sweater, then I would be negotiating the price of wool. Mm-hmm. That's my job. Okay, got it. Hmm. And how much wool I want and how much wool I need that mm-hmm. reflects towards demand. True. Okay. Thank you for that. Walk me through the moment to where um, you step, when you got up out of the norm to unlearn that there is no future out of STEM. I was reading um, <laughs> your shout out Houston, Texas um, story. Mm-hmm. And I know you mentioned um, just the norms you've grown up with in terms of just being in the Nigerian household and there's no future out of STEM, and that's kind of just the foundational thing. That's kind of what we mm-hmm. see, and being a creative, doing that in the third is not, um, it, it seemed that's laughable. So when did you start to step out of the norm, mm-hmm. and then when did you unlearn that, hey, there's no future outside of STEM? When did you start unlearning oh, that? I didn't, I've never said I've, um, you know, 
started like well seemingly I thought there was no future out of STEM but I also fought tooth and nail that I was like I was determined that I was not going into STEM okay from the very beginning very beginning I was very determined that I was never going into STEM Mm -hmm. I was like okay I played with the idea of um, paralegal studies pre-law all that stuff I went through kind of the motions for that or the prerequisites for that Um, and coming to Houston kind of paused that determination is that the route in life that I want to go um, and then I moved into Houston and a lot of logistics companies being based in Houston a lot of manufacturing in Texas um, so I'm more exposed to supply chain management which kind of exposed me to the concept of being a procurement analyst um, I get the chance to travel and meet different people um, my company and I talk to um, suppliers in Italy um, suppliers in Colombia um, so even the procurement innocence by day kind of seeps into the night as well. <laughs> okay. Okay, true. Oh, yeah. Suppliers in Ghana sometimes. Okay, so pretty much, you pretty much knew that from the beginning. You, I mean, it was kind of like a little statement, but you kind of just didn't really feed into that statement. Um, that there's no future out of STEM. They knew. <laughs> and I would have to break it down to them, like, let's be real. I know, um... I have my, like the most women in my family, they're in the medical field. Um, so they were like, oh, you should be a nurse. I'm just like, we saw my grades, biology and chemistry. Um, what about it was conducive to nursing? <laughs> Nothing. Like <laughs> there was a genuine struggle and it was reflective on the results. So um, I would just, re- my rebuttal to that would be like, do you want me to kill someone? Mm-hmm. Because that would be the result. Mm-hmm. Um, there's literal incompetence here. Why is there a push for you to go, like, if, if you need your lawn mowed, would you call a pool boy? Like, <laughs> exactly. So we okay. should focus on sh- the strengths rather than, and that's the thing amongst some gender community. They want to guarantee um, financial compensation rather than hone in on passions that can bring monetary results. It can be detrimental to yeah. No longer generation to like, generation. A lot of them kind of get offended when you you know you get to the point where like you truly don't know me, and it's like maybe it's a parent nightmare that your child is telling you that they don't know you or you don't know them. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think they more so um, fixate on ego rather than building community. Hmm. Nice way to put it. Kenneth goes live. If you made it this far, I'm gonna give you a high five. Right now is a quick intermission where I ask my guests five questions in 30 seconds. Let's get it. Three black owned sustainable brands. Name them. Um, There aren't many black owned sustainable brands. Um, There are some that are like, that honing on slow fashion, but Mm -hmm. um, probably very terrible with names. One I can think of is Oyiza. That one is based in Nigeria. Um, Yikes, I can't think of two. Okay. Um, (laughs) Go-to healthy meal. I'm sorry? Go-to healthy meal. Oh, there it is. Sorry, my 30 seconds are over. Well, no, we can continue. I can continue. (laughs) What's your go-to healthy meal? Um, Avocado toast. Okay. I love avocado toast. I could look it online. I used to hate avocado. I used to be like, what is this? Why does it not taste like anything? What can I put on it? People kept telling me lemon pepper. I said, that does not make sense. If I don't even, I don't even like lemon pepper wings. Why would I put lemon pepper on my avocado? 
some people uh, put bagel seasoning on it. That I tried bagel seasoning. I don't yeah. get that as a seasoning. It's just like it looks like a bunch of seeds, mm-hmm. um, and it just smells like onion. So why can't I just put onion? <laughs> <laughs> Me myself, when I do avocado toast, I don't really put anything um, per se. I just eat it with bacon too. Just um, slices of bacon. Yeah, bacon like does have salt mm-hmm. naturally. So like I'll have do my two slices of avocado toast, and then I have my bacon on the side. I like I'll put it on top of it or whatnot. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it's a nice. I kind of mix. I've like I've tried um, preserves, like a peach preserve. Mm-hmm. I'm like a, I like sweet savory things, so I'll like put the peach preserve and the mix it with the avocado, with mm-hmm. the mashed avocado. That sounds good. So it's really good. Mm. With the bacon on top, it's really good. If you add egg, you can not add your egg, but generally. Um, That's what I've done before, egg. too. I'll add egg sometimes, too. I just thought about it now. Yeah, yeah I'll, like I'll egg. At a, New Jersey, egg. Um, we have these things. Poppy stores. It's just the corner store, but mm. in there, it's like, I poppy. Everybody just yell poppy at the guy cooking in mm. the back. Um, like New York has Habibi. Mm-hmm. We have poppy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so yeah, it's like a bacon, egg, and cheese, but it's like, you just kind of throw avocado on there. It's like, it's my, my little, some people kind of, um, growing up, we use, either used to put like salt, pepper, ketchup on it, which is like, makes it very salty. People did that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, me and my sweet and sour kind of love, mm-hmm. um, I put jelly, like people put grape jelly, strawberry jelly, but it was mm-hmm. go to breakfast before school. Especially on the run, on the go. It'll be like this long sandwich. That's why it's inflation is pissing me off. Because it was this long, beautiful sandwich you'll get for like $2. Mm-hmm. $1.50. If you get a little Arizona sweet tea with it, mm-hmm. you got you pay $2. Now. Now. I went back home. That sandwich is four fifty. I know it's been six years, but like, come on. It's bacon, egg, and cheese. You get a you buy it by bulk because you have this store. Mm-hmm. Why are you trying to do that to me? I'm just a kid. <laughs> it's interesting that you mentioned inflation because I was on Twitter and um, I seen Cardi B make a post about inflation. He talked. He used the example of lettuce. <laughs> I she, don't like when um, <laughs> celebrities try to be relatable to their um, constituents. <laughs> Because your you have your daughter has a Birkin. Um, you have five cars and don't have a license. Mm. Don't come complaining to me about the price of lettuce. Please, you are the last person who should be talking about this. <laughs> I guess that was in response to a tweet that was initially made, uh-huh. and um, she said that when it was time to look at, I guess her financial reports. Mm-hmm. I guess for every week. This is her response to all that. She said she looked at her financial reports for the week and she noticed that there was a slight increase. <laughs> and then she noticed, <laughs> I guess she yeah. pulled that in but amongst. But still, girl, she'd be like, oh, but thank God that I could pay for this lettuce, even though it's increased. True. But don't be telling me, oh my God, the price of lettuce. I'm so mad. Ma'am, be for real. Be that lettuce probably not hurting real. you as much as it's hurting it's us. It's not. It's really not. <laughs> it's not at all, actually. You know, I don't think I'm really they, a big... They told her that part of for, for shits and giggles, really. <laughs> I don't think I'm a... Uh, I think if I have to make a sandwich, I'll put spinach exactly. over um, I can't get jiggy with kale. I, all that massaging you got to do, all that... No, I can't get jiggy with that. I don't think I even put kale on my sandwiches. I don't either, but some people do. Like, they'll make a kale wrap. 
Um, and I'm just like, how do you even wrap them little pieces of, of leaf? Like, to oh, yeah, yeah, I don't, okay. I think that I have sounds for killing it. I think I did. It was burger, I think. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Um, your go-to um, meal is avocado toast. Yes. If you had to pack up and leave today, everything paid for, where were you tra- Where are you traveling? I'm going to Ghana. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to Ghana. Oh, right, Ghana. Yeah, that was a quick answer. You, I'm going to Ghana or um, where, where else? Uh, I can't even think. Maybe Tanzania. Okay. I've never been to Tanzania or no, actually Guinea. Guinea, I would, no, not remember that Guinea. Yeah, Tanzania. Mm-hmm. I um, but this just this activity kind of helped me with like knowing which questions require more thought and time versus the easy question. So that was kind of something quick. But the three black on saying that is already yeah, underrepresented. Oh, yeah. yeah, for yeah. me to think. Okay, but it's a post I'm gonna share with you that I um seen with a lot of black owned sustainable mm-hmm. brands. Recent sale you was a part of. So no, I was reading that you know you love a good sale. So oh, what was the recent sale that you was a part of that you kind of that pres- I took advantage of? Yeah. Oh yeah. Bed Bath and Beyond. <laughs> what you got? Well, Bed Bath and Beyond. Okay. Um, I got home appliances. Okay. Like, um, I bought a new um blender, but I broke my blender, so I had mm-hmm. to buy a new blender. But it was actually um the blender I got. No, I got it's from a black-owned company called Crew or Crux, Crew C R U X. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I was like, yeah, my people, my black owned um, blender. Yeah. Yeah. That's good that you found that. Mm-hmm. And it was on sale. It was hmm. a nice sale. Um, and it's even interesting enough. And I was like, maybe is this sale reflective? Because I'm like, I kind of, a part of my job is to you kind of see what happens to the company's finances that kind of reflect on the pricing they give you. Like say, we've had an incident at work where not even really incident but occasion something at work where um we were getting pricing from a supplier and we're trying to understand why the pricing kind of shot up drastically do a little research you find out that the company added a few more lines like manufacturing lines to their facility mm-hmm. um to their plants so and it did not perform how they intended or wanted it to um it didn't produce the margins that they wanted Mm -hmm. so um instead of just taking the loss or trying to find a way to kind of pivot they or i guess their pivot was trying to offset the cost onto us they were trying to get their money back through us basically (laughs) selling cookies of all things i'm like you put in machinery no you're not about to charge us through a freaking cookie Last question. One gym pet peeve. Um, coughing without covering your mouth. In the gym. Yes. Like this is, this is, um, gym air is pretty cold and pretty ventilated. Um, so like somebody walked past you, you're shivering. Just not even if they walk fast, it's just, it's naturally cold in there because everybody's hot. So now you coughing and I just, I just feel a whiff of that cough air come my way. And I'm just like. I'm going to die in here. Why would you do that to me? But yeah, that's number one. Like coughing into the open air um, of a gym. I think that's so gross. I mean, of course, like the general natural ones. Like, oh, we don't wash, clean off the equipment after you're done. But no, I think more people should be shamed for coughing into open air in general. Mm-hmm. But specifically in the gym. Mm-hmm. Okay. You, uh, let's go to Cozy. What mm-hmm. is Cozy for the people? Cozy, um, that's interesting because generally 
I like I get it's a startup it's a business Mm -hmm. but mostly it's a hobby for me it kind of it helps me regulate my emotions as well as the gym helps me regulate my emotions um uh, I used to kind of do DIYs and all that jazz um upcycling old clothes um and that even speaks to kind of my fashion sense now um like people are like oh where do you get stuff i'm like baby i've had this for 10 years 10 years that's the thing with sustainability just knowing when you go in a store that's longevity and product that's seeing, quality you can have that piece for 10 to 20 years it's still looking good i'm like even if you do like i'm maybe it's a, a part of me that hoards or something mm-hmm. because i find it hard to throw out things that are useful mm-hmm. even if it has a hole in it it just depends on hole placement you know because <laughs> it can be sold up you <laughs> exactly know. exactly i've been able to um get more than my money's worth when it comes to what i purchase mm-hmm. but i'm also conscious like okay um uh i shop online a lot um and I don't know if that's a, that's a, a byproduct of the pandemic, but I shop online a lot. So I know my measurements when it comes to um, how I want things to, to fit me. Um, but I'm also mindful like, okay, I am shopping online. Let me look at the materials I'm using. If it's a stretch material, um, I can kind of go up and down in sizing. Um, and I, it helps me understand um, before it comes what it's gonna feel like. Mm-hmm. So that kind of, um, Excuse me. That kind of um, everybody's pretty mindful with that in this sense of okay longevity. Yeah, sense of my style. Like I don't, I don't throw things out. Like I can't keep recycling clothes. I'm like, there's stuff I do purge, but I generally donate it. Mm-hmm. I net or if anything, it would be like small essential things that I can kind of um, get my value back. Like um, I always say trends. They don't stuff doesn't go out of style trends just recycle that is right I yeah agree with you there trends just recycle so if i could i could keep something for years i probably will wear Especially it Especially y2k now exactly like and i'm not really low rise jeans like generally i don't like for those reasons. but people do like, <laughs> so i'm like getting rid of people like now women are more wearing more baggy jeans yeah but I'm like, and, and a few years are going to go back to skinny jeans at some point. I have some um, Robert Grahams, and um, I wore them in high school. They're, they're, they're a brand, but they have mm-hmm. jeans. Um, anybody, okay. all your fashion people, I guess you know what Robert Grahams are. Um, jeans like that. <laughs> but they're baggy because that was pretty much the style. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still have them. They're okay. expensive jeans. Yeah, cotton is a very... Um, renewable resource mm-hmm. like people kind of just like or like even when it comes to like okay um they'll have jeans for years and they might not like the style if you throw a little rips in them you cut them up that's you just kind of upcycling them mm-hmm. or and, or distress this kind of oxymoron mm-hmm. but distressing them to and my goal for those jeans is to um because i've pretty much i have a better control of well i kind of know what i like and what i don't like now and uh <laughs> I'm going to just get them tailored to make yeah, sure it's a more yeah, fitted look. Exactly. And I think years on, I'm going to continue to like that, that style. You know what I'm seeing come up a lot? Um, this whole, oh, join me. I, I'm doing a pretty little thing haul. I'm doing a fashion <laughs> uh, Shein haul. And I'm just like, you just bought a crap ton of clothes and you're not going to return none of that stuff. 
mm-hmm. that you're not going to wear. So it's just piling up, piling up, piling up. Or And that's another thing um, why I'm like, thrifting is not as enjoyable as it used to be. Because the thrift stores are full of Shein. The yeah. thrift stores are full of Fashion Nova. Yeah. Low quality stuff. Yep. It's not enjoyable anymore. So I'd rather take something. I'd rather hold on to something for 10 years than go into the store and um, them trying to sell me a $3 item <laughs> for $10. Yeah. Hmm. That's a key in it. I love that you mentioned that. Hmm. I'm going to really love this conversation. <laughs> Thank you. What was your first DIY project? Oh, that's hard. I've been doing that since I was like a kid. Mm-hmm. So what's the oh, like? Okay, it's terms of yarn. My first DIY, or okay. Well, people that if people don't know what DIY is, uh, you know, do it yourself. Do it yourself. Yeah. Um. Okay. Um. Because I'm. Um, first DIY, ooh, um, was, that I can think of as far back as I can I guess most memorable, huh? We can change the question to most memorable DIY project. Yeah, so, um, my first, especially with, like, clothing, my first experience was patching up some jeans. Mm. Um, I had some ripped jeans that had, like, those nice, like, rips that kind (laughs) of go horizontal. Mm -hmm. Um. So, instead of tossing them, like, after you wash them a few times, the holes, the the rips individual, kind of, like, the material will will tatter. It will kind of I think sometimes those rips are on elastic. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They're, like, slivers of fiber, Mm -hmm. basically. So, that kind of wears down. And I'm just, like, um, at the time, people did wear their leg open. Um, I wasn't very comfortable (laughs) with that. Uh Um, I'm just, like... It just gave me a little flashback of my dad talking about you bought homeless pants because it's like, why did you buy jeans with rips in it? Like, where's the rest of the jeans? Let me interject real quick. In high school, we couldn't wear ripped jeans. Oh my gosh. So, I used to hide. I used to be like tiptoeing through the house just to, so nobody could see that I had ripped You know jeans me, on. I'm always trying to finesse. So I came to school with jeans. You know, I wanted to wear my ripped yeah. jeans and I didn't hide or nothing. They was they um my teacher said, Well, you're you oh, have ripped jeans. The school jeans. said no too. The school said no, so my teacher pointed out like, um, I think one of my friends are I think one of my friends asked me, you know, they're gonna point you out about that. Uh-huh. My drum class president yeah, you know, <laughs> I I got on my rib jeans, my friend pointed out like, Well, I'm just gonna tell them that I got in a fight this morning Ooh. and let's see Not a fight. <laughs> but you know when you get in the scuffle, yeah. you get off. Oh my so, I mean, maybe Those that can be a little ribs for a fight. <laughs> That's if they asked me. Um and you said you got into a fight? I don't think they asked me that day. Okay. <laughs> Lucky you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, yeah. I would like... Um, the the holes got way too big for my comfort mm-hmm. and my, my liking. So, um, me and my friends, we went to... This is our, my freshman year of college. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to Walmart. I was like, I got this like bright idea. It's like, um, patchwork. So, I was like, I went to Walmart. Um, I bought different um, swatches mm-hmm. in denim. And, and there was different colors. I just was like, um, let me try this out. And I kind of patched up my jeans. And it was so cool because people asked me, like, where did you buy those jeans? And I'm like, girl, I just made them myself. <laughs> now, that's dope. I yeah. even Some jeans I have, though, um, but that, that what, that for a DIY project, yeah. it was some jeans I have to wear. Um, the rip is a patch. It's a... Um, 
it's a patch inside the gene and then it has an opening outside the gene and that's just the patch i can't really explain it um it's like a rip in a wall but it's yeah that covered. patchwork basically that's, that's what it is but it's in the inside just kind of yeah you can put outside inside it's mm-hmm. kind of um and i've seen both merchant's choice mm-hmm. yeah and that's another thing i mean, like had i not thought to patch those jeans up i probably would have just thrown them away mm-hmm. or donated them mm-hmm. um probably more likely thrown them away because um donating in that area that my school was was not very possible because it was like on the outskirts of Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. basically. Um, we lived, we, the school was on, you can clearly, um, it was HBC, you can clearly see the historical um, references on that campus and the surrounding areas, <laughs> i.e. Confederate flags, um, being called the N-word with the hard R. Yeah, a little, a little bit of everything. <laughs> And we can um, cuss on here, you know. I just got to label it explicit when yeah, I upload yeah. it. Yeah, I'm trying to be better about that. Especially, that's why I'm like, um, complete culture shock when I came here. Because nobody curses as much as I do. Um, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, you got to be better about that. You need, to, you need to find a better word to use, not F word all the time. You know? Sometimes fudge, not always. You flipping. Yeah, exactly. You got to get creative with it. You have to be creative with it. But yeah, people are like, dang, curse that. I'm like, really? Everybody curse where I'm from. It's just normal. Like, I would be like, and now that I've been here for so long, when I hear somebody curse, I mean, I still curse a little bit, but it comes out when I'm talking to people from home, my hometown. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm like, now I'm like a little kid. Anytime somebody curses, I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, <laughs> like my manager would be cursing, but I'm just like, the woman lives in New York. Like, that's just normal. I love New York culture. I, I actually hate this question New York. Too. I hate New York. I hate you New hate York. It? I hate New York. I hate Well, I guess New I can York. answer it now. Actually, now that you brought, now did you bring up New York, you say that you don't like it. I hate New York. What's Even different? living in New Jersey, I did not visit New York as much as people think I did. Mm-hmm. I know, like, it's right there. It's probably a 20-minute <laughs> drive from where I stayed. But I hate New York. I what don't you like about New York? The rats, for starters. The rats, for starters. That is the number one thing I hate about New York. Every time I'm traumatized. The rats are bigger than me. The rats are bigger than my foot. The air alone is putrid. It stinks. It's awful. The air is so thick and it's just, it's over accumulation of garbage on the side of sidewalk. So it's like, you don't know what you're stepping on. You don't know what you're tracking into the world. I just, it's the subway is nasty. The people are crazy. Mm-hmm. Like the, I, my company is based in New York. And when my manager walked me to my hotel, she said, be careful getting dinner tonight because <laughs> there are, there are men out there. There are, you know, homeless men out there just walking up to women, stabbing them. That is that is ridiculous, but that is so freaking normal. Like people on TikTok that find, you know, I am I am um, I am a consumer of dark humor. I love dark humor, but when it comes to the people that have to walk around with nightsticks and they acting like the daredevil or something just to get home safely, I have a problem with that area. It's too much walking. Nobody has a sense of personal space. Everybody's bumping into each other. I'm just like. It's overwhelming. All of my senses are like shot out when I go there. From my nose to my ears to my eyes. Like all of them are just so overwhelmed I'm when I get there. Par- paranoid. Every time mm-hmm. I get there, I've had a crackhead. Let me not call him crackhead because I don't even know if his choice of drug is crack. But <laughs> this homeless man 
Um, he was like, I like your scarf, ma'am. Can I get a few dollars? I said, um, I'm sorry, I didn't carry cash, and I just kept moving. I, you know, you gotta move fast when you're in, in New York, or they just go and bother you and realize like you're not from here. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like, I, he, he just started making a PSA and just mm-hmm. told everybody, like, um, you know, you better cherish my compliments because. You know, I don't give them everybody. And then he took my compliment back. He took the compliment for giving me a compliment about my scarf because I didn't have a few dollars for him. You know how unhinged you have to be to do that? Take a whole compliment back. I mean, it didn't come from the heart, really. I said, but, my, but you want my dollars. But I don't carry cash, guys. It's basically obsolete at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be finding dollars, and I'll just be like, you exist. Wow, it's, it's been a while seeing you. <laughs> About to go on the account. Right. I'm like, keep you as a souvenir. (laughs) (laughs) You describe cozy as longevity reimagined. That's Mm -hmm. sustainability. Mm -hmm. When did you start to realize sustainability is important? And um, was creating your own medium the beginning of you making a change in this big world? Um, I think what the greatest um, wake-up call for me, um, it was a few, it was about three things. (laughs) One of them was really funny. Um, <laughs> the first, um, of course, everybody's now the polar ice uh, caps are melting. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I saw this video, this cute little polar bear just kind of drifting along on this little slab of ice trying to get to his mama. While I don't have much sympathy for a polar bear because if it was between me or a polar bear, I'm going to choose myself. I'm going to kill that polar bear if I have the chance because he will, in a split second, kill me. Survival exactly. Um, but I'm just like, dang, that is really wild just to see that alone. And I'm like, you know, um, people's drinking water are being affected that way because, like, you know, water sources are over flooding and mixing with other crap. Mm-hmm. Um, one, um, what was the second? Dang. Uh, <laughs> thinking, well, the second one was thinking about um, the world. I have seven nephews i can't keep up at this point people keep having kids um i have about seven nephews and a niece and i'm just thinking like will the earth survive long enough for them to actually um reap any benefits or live life that to the fullest here Mm. because i'm just like we're they're releasing the hmm. these ice caps melting are releasing a lot of things whether it be a new species um a new bacteria yeah, so I'm just like, uh, things that have been frozen for Gun centuries, yeah. <laughs> things that have been flo- um, frozen for centuries are not like, they're waking up like, um, I'm arrived. back, baby, I arrived. <laughs> so I'm like, we don't know what is about to be in store in the next decade, but we shall see, we shall see. And then the last one was, um, I am a advocate for... Um, cannabis consumption Mm -hmm. um and where uh trees are being cut down um, agriculture is not what it used to be that also affects um cannabis (laughs) so you're also not getting the kind of quality you normally would with Mm. um this resource but also it kind of leads into people lacing drugs with nonsense to kind of make up for the fact that they're not getting the kind of um, sorry quality that they used to, or they're not getting as much as they used to because crops are crap at the moment. Or I was um, I was talking to who 
school? Who was I talking to this about? Oh yeah, I was talking to it yesterday. I was talking with, about my friends about it yesterday mm-hmm. about fentanyl, placing drugs with fentanyl, mm-hmm. and um, one of them said that a little, a certain percentage can kill someone. Yeah. Why are they putting any type of percentage in it? Exactly. Th- but that's just to enhance our witness. Yeah. It's maybe it's like competition. It's like you know, there's a lot of people stepping on it. Yeah. No, I don't even know. It could be that for retaliation, or it could just be like, oh, I have a competitive edge. This is my competitive edge. Mm-hmm. Um, do they care about dosage? Do they care about the individual buying? And no, they care about, again, their bottom line. Because even drug dealers have a bottom line. When they got a re-up, between their re-up and what they make in profit, that is their bottom line. Mm. Um, it's not thought of the same way. And that's why I'm like, you know, if a lot of these um, criminals or delinquents, you know, put this into something productive, they mm-hmm. would be, wouldn't have to dodge the law. Like that. But also, I mean... There's white collar crimes as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, I thought about that. I was like, hmm. Mm-hmm. Why is that 1% you can kill someone? Why are you even taking a risk of just putting it inside? Yeah, like, there was this um, this young guy this young guy from my hometown. Everybody knew he was going to make it to the NBA. And I tell mm-hmm. the story all the time. Everyone, every time I talk about lacing drugs or um, mixing drugs, like people will pop pills and um, drink alcohol at the same time. When the clear description is do not take, don't do consume with alcohol, don't take, um, don't operate heavy machinery, things of that nature. Um, but him, everybody knew he was going to make it. Everybody knew he was going to make it. And that's uh, when I, you know, even think about, I'm very more, I'm more picky um, about who I hang out with. Not that I'm like thinking I'm going to the NBA or whatever, or going to be a, um, a movie star or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm very mindful like of what I keep around me. After that, that was like a wake-up call. This man, um, somebody laced his weed in high school. Mind you, this kid was, like, high schools in our area were, like, trying to, you know, recruit him. He went to my high school, but he got recruited by a different high school just to win them championships. Mm-hmm. The boy won four championships for the school. Just, like, All-American. Yeah. Boy <laughs> won four championships for the school, and somebody drugged Somebody laced his um, weed, and he was on the street for for forever. Let me not say forever. For a while. For a young, young guy. He died probably, like, a year ago. Um, the mayor, everybody knew he was like in every paper, the mayor tried to reach out to help him. So many entities tried to help him, but it's like addiction is very fickle thing. So it's like, um, it's not guaranteed. The recess can be there, but the objective is they have to want the help. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a testament. Like you can, you gotta be careful. You have to be very careful because some things are not always, um, pure or they're not always the natural. Yeah, that's sad. Or what you're intended, or what you think you're purchasing. <laughs> How does sustainability show up in your lifestyle? Um, great. Um, I, <laughs> I buy in bulk. Um, and uh, and it's you know more economically friendly. I'm a person who's, I I feed one. Excuse me. I feed one person. So, and I don't like to go in the grocery store sometimes so I buy everything in bulk um, it's cheaper so pretty much Sam's Club um, Sam's Club okay, Costco okay. places like that yeah I buy in bulk um, I don't have to go grocery shopping for the next month and a half okay so how I do have a question though um, I was gonna ask you what you buy in bulk yeah just buy every- in bulk um, eggs okay um, egg whites oh my question meat. was I remember now what is the milk how does buying 
I guess it limits. Kind of, yeah. Saves so, money, right? Yeah, oh. saves money. Um, less materials have to be made. Um, less. It kind of lowers the demand. Okay, there, um, I don't have to go as many. Like, how do I supply and demand? So, if there's more of a need for it in excess, it kind of raises the price of stuff. So mm. that's how I say it's cheaper for me. Okay, got it. Yeah. Now I understand what's the how buying in bulk is beneficial and mm-hmm. more cost efficient versus me going, going to, to the grocery September, store September, October, November. December. Yeah, every week versus <laughs> every three days having to go to the grocery store and all that stuff. Like okay. it's less um, packaging material. It's less I know I'm not the only person on this earth. I'm not thinking from an aspect of only person on this earth. Mm-hmm. But um if I go into a store and there's something that's not on the shelf and it's very much needed by everybody, now they have to kind of production has to kick up and they have to make more stuff than they were probably origin originally going to make because now that there's this void, they have to make up for this void so there's not a, a void again. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna make more or they're going to forecast for more um items to be made so they're going to purchase more materials purchase more um the labor because somebody has to make it for it to hit the shelves mm-hmm. you know so that's how it kind of trickles Come on, down get all the cows exactly exactly <laughs> even that you know you bother the cows a little less <laughs> <laughs> okay and what other ways does it show up in your um lifestyle buying in bulk um hmm. i guess providing a service with cozy Huh? Um, a little bit. I wouldn't even say that much. Um, I'm very particular about the material I use. Mm-hmm. Um, it's meant to last. Okay. So there's less chance of um, just buying the material over and over. I'm like, well, it'd be nice. Yeah, okay. And I think in hindsight, that probably is why they make stuff so poor quality. It's like making you want to buy it over again. Um, and even my objective when I started Cozy wasn't for me to blow. I just, um, hobby. yeah, it's a hobby for one, but I also like seeing other people enjoy what I make. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love my beanie. <laughs> <thank you. laughs> yeah. So I like, I genuinely enjoy seeing people enjoy what I've created for them. Um, everything is kind of personal to them. It's like a one of one kind of situation. Mm. <laughs> um, while I might have used the same concept or same pattern to mm. do it, but it's just like a this was personal for you. Okay. Type of situation. I started planning out my outfits. Well I've been planning them for graduation. Um uh, just when do you graduate? December. Ooh. You're excited. So this year in December. And I plan my outfits and I wanna do um and you're the only person I thought of. I want it to be custom. But I want like a... Oh. You know that preparatory type of look? I want to twist it, but I want it to be my own style. Um, I have a good idea as to what you're I want. I want about. a vest. Okay. A crocheted vest. It's okay. like this. I'm glad you didn't say sweater because... People jump Remember, I've been wanting sweater, a sweater for the longest. And I'm just like, sweaters take forever. I don't know why y'all ask like this. this. So something like okay, this. Okay, yeah. That's yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, you know. I could get jiggy with it. Yeah, and that's <laughs> you know, I um yeah, because when the time comes, I gotta reach out to you early to give you time to create. Thank you. But <laughs> <laughs> it's January and we're gonna do it. But yeah, I wanted to reach out to you about that. I've been it's been on my mind. I said, Okay, I know one person that can do it and I love it. Yeah, um I and and another thing that is like why I enjoy um, slow fashion. Um, 
and why I always look at people sideways when I ask them to make a sweater because I'm like it's one person making something mm-hmm. so now every little stitch that you see in there now imagine me sitting there and doing every little stitch. stitch there because <laughs> I, I meet I run into people that are like unrealistic that ask me like you know can you make this for me next by next week? And I'm just like, yeah, I don't rush with my. Let me go and hand you this, and and you ask me if you can push. Go, I'll ask you if you can push this out in a week. Like, come on. It's one person doing it's it, not a factory person. doing it. But also, I'm just like, okay. Um, if you use a part of your body in excess, it'll kind of wear and tear. Mm-hmm. So um, I have like early. I don't even like an early onset kind of carpal tunnel situation going on um i work from home and i work out and then i crochet so i'm wearing putting a lot of wear and tear on my hand so to be asking me to make something within a week is like you don't really care you don't care for this yeah you don't there's this um a kind of emotional not yeah emotional kind of um, implication and so that's what makes it gives it more significance that's what gives this item more personality like mm-hmm. it was specially made for you um so it's gonna take time it's mm-hmm. going to take time even when nana made because nana sit at home all day I, I can't sit at home all day i, I work i got a day job but you know mm-hmm. i got the bills but even when nana make a little quilt or jacket or a sweater or baby blanket it don't take her one day it don't even take her one week it mm-hmm. take her a while nana sits there and and intricately makes every little stitch specially made. So we have to be mindful. Because even Anna's old. I'm, I know I'm a spring chicken, but you know, you still gotta be mindful. I do wanna unpack that too because what are some. What I'm noticing is that you have a lot of free range and autonomy mm-hmm. with you, you kind of set your boundaries. Mm-hmm. Because like you, it's slow fashion. It's not no fast fashion. Yeah. Each item is made with intent. It's made with time. It takes its time. Um, so what are like some interesting experiences that you've had um, when it comes to creating? Yeah, creating. Um, I've had moments um, where. Um, I'm making an item and right like very close to finish. I noticed that I missed the stitch So like it's this major gap not major, but it's a gap in in the material mm-hmm. and I'm just like I can, I have to make a personal decision, but I'm like also have to make a like a Conscious decision like do I want to ignore this act like this never happened and just you know finish it off mm-hmm. Um, because obviously the option is to unravel this thing that I just sat here making over days and, and days and days. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's one of the most interesting things. It's like it's an internal kind of perfectionist thing that comes on. And I notice a lot when I and when I look at other people who crochet, mm-hmm. um, you can see it's a kind of commonality. Like you'll sit there and you'll make something. You'll spend days and days like this is a labor of love. Mm-hmm. You'll sit there days and days and days and days and make something. And last minute you'll realize there is an error. And, and that's quality checks. That's why I'm like, that's the big difference between myself and a large corporation. Um, they can probably scrap that in two seconds and reproduce it. Make it in two seconds. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah. Whereas I have to go and unstitch everything I just did, unravel everything I just did just to fix that one error there. It might be minor, but it's just like, 
okay, I want to, if I want this to last for somebody, um, I have to I have to fix that. Mm. I have to fix it. Hmm. That's like when you go to the store and you like you, I feel like everybody's had an experience when they bought something that had a hole in it. Mm. Not even from like the sensor being there. It's just because somebody in the plant or factory said, I can't be bothered to fix this. <laughs> or we're just not going to take the loss and we're going to, you know, just still put it out. Mm. Yeah. This is more of a kind of integrity, quality kind mm. of perspective and longevity. That material. After a while, if somebody, if they choose to take that L and hold on to it, it's not going to last very long. <laughs> you That's can the go squabble of- with the people in the retail stores if they made it. I don't I don't even get that. I used to work in retail and I never understood why people took s- stupid things out on me as if I made the clothing or made the item and I'm just like I've I've seen people try to get over on a lot of things, but see people wear something. There's marks, their body marks are in the the item and mm-hmm. they'll still try to return it and it's just like you are something else. <laughs> you are something else. What's the difference between knitting and crocheting? Um, The only significant difference that I've noticed um, is um, one is with two needles and one is with the other. One needle. Crochet Mm -hmm. is with one needle and knitting is with two. Um, And it's just a different step process um, that that happens. You can tell in how the, the stitch is placed. Okay. A little like there's more um, spacing in crochet because it's one needle, whereas knitting is a more tighter. Usually, it's a more tighter. Um, tight knit. <laughs> yeah, tight knit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, is why did you choose Cody to be crocheted instead of knitting based? Um. My mom tried to teach me how to knit in the past. My mom knew to knit in the past, and I saw how intricate it was, and I'm like. I've seen her sit here try to make this blanket, and it hasn't, it hasn't got far. Um, and she'll be diligent, but I'm like, it hasn't got far. And she's been each little thing to just keep going, keep going, keep going. And I was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, I need something to, to to produce a little quicker than that, a little quicker than that. So it kind of is more. It's not instant gratification, but it gets me more. It gets me to the gratifying part a little quicker. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, um, I think there was like, I just found a craft box in my family's home. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, um, this looks like it's been unintended to for some time. So I just was like, let me try it. And I watched a few YouTube videos and one thing led to another. Uh, I also want to ask this. When was the first time, I guess the first, hmm, when was like the first, I guess, item? That I made. Um, it was a hat for my nephew. Okay. Yeah, it was a little beanie. <laughs> and he looked crazy in it because his hair was huge. Mm-hmm. And it's like this little beanie for his head. And it's just like, he looks like he has a cone on his head. <laughs> this is this is funny looking kid. <laughs> no, I love that. Um, what is your... I made matching hats, actually. That's what I did. I made matching hats for me and my nephew. Mm. What is your development process like? What do you need to be comfortable in in the mode when you're crocheting? Um, I need... Generally, everything takes place in my home. So, um, I need a good show to half watch, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Like, I need it to, it can play in the background. I don't have to pay too much attention to it, but I'm also not lost as to what is going on. Um, So, I don't get distracted with other things that may come up or, 
part. Don't get too bored with what's in front of me, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't provide too much of distraction. Because if I'm tuned into what is on the TV, then um, I'm not really focused on it. And mm-hmm. I'll probably overdo what I was supposed to do or, you know, miss a stitch or something, mm-hmm. you know. So I need a good half show to watch. I need food in my system, water. <laughs> that reminds me, I need to drink my water. Exactly, stay hydrated. Yeah, just take a water break. Um, but also, um, I have a heating pad and like a cold pad pack. Um, and that's for my wrist. Mm-hmm. So I do a heat and cooling comp- com- compression. Compression, yeah. Compre- I don't even know, is it compression? But yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. you get the idea. Yeah. Um, so that's just to make sure I don't go and I don't I don't end up in pain for a long period of time. Okay. So I'll kind of crochet in intervals. Okay. Time intervals. Okay. Mm. Oh I remember I just thought about the sweater. Cause you were talking about just the I guess the recovery in a mm-hmm, sense. Mm-hmm. It it reminded me when I kept on asking for that sweater and how I wanted it and then you said oh, I'll have to pay uh, a yeah. hefty amount because it takes a minute. It takes a long um, time takes a long time like i've met i've seen people who are like who <laughs> post their their work but they're and then people ask like oh can i buy one but it's like what they're showing you is something they made for a friend so that one is, it's a labor of love like mm-hmm. literally that's why they're not putting a price tag on what they just created mm-hmm. um this this guy he was like somebody asked oh can you make me one he's like if i the, the amount of material and time it took to make this um, I would have to charge you accordingly, and I don't even believe in charging people that much for something as small as a blanket. Mm-hmm. But I know the value of my time, so should I mm-hmm. charge you that a uh, four hundred dollars for a sweat a uh, blanket that I made? Um, took me weeks to make for mm-hmm. my family member, or you know, mm-hmm. just go make it yourself or something, or you know, just take that L. <laughs> Does with cozy being a hobby? Mm-hmm. Um, and with you having, um, I guess, understandable boundaries and plates and it being handmade each and every product, mm-hmm. right? Does it affect, um, I guess, uh, not even the vision, but just how big you may want it if you mm-hmm. do want it to be big or just, mm-hmm. you know, and just at your own pace? I think, um, I think I'm more um, in the space of commissions. Commissions. Um, People come to me with ideas of mm-hmm. what they want, and I may have the capacity, capabilities to produce it or um, something close to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it depends on what their um, how do I put this? What their range, their flexibility is. Okay. Um, but it also allows me not to put too much pressure on myself. Okay. Because if I put too much pressure on myself, that would provide more wear and tear on my body, and no hobby is worth that. Okay. None. Hmm. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. And I do, I, I do. When every time that I hear, I was looking at your post too, um, mm-hmm. on the cozy account. Um, you have, I do love that. The the control you have mm-hmm. and just that autonomy. Yeah. Um, and you're setting the pace and you're making it fast and you're making it slower. Um, you yeah, know what you want. Like nothing is by force. <laughs> but I'm like, I, that's why I enjoy. I feel like everybody should have something in their closet that is like nobody else can have, like mm. in this world. Something is just personal to them. Mm. Um, whether it's like somebody takes inspiration from something else, like that's fine. Mm. But still, this 
item was made especially for you. Mm-hmm. So I feel like everybody should should have that. And and you kind of get that sense when people um, upcycle things or they turn something they had old into something new. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw this guy, um, his dad gave him, passed down some Ferragamo loafers to him. Vintage mm-hmm. Ferragamo loafers. Quality still good. Leather still perfect in, in prime state. Um, of course, style was a little different from what is um, preferred now. Mm-hmm. So he just took it to a cobbler. Um, and if for anybody that doesn't know what a cobbler is, it's just person who fixes shoes, really. Um, they can switch out the soles. They can kind of um, recover them and make them look better or brand new. Anyway, um, he got the soles changed to like a lug sole um, for those loafers. And oh, like it the made them chunky, a little... Yeah, like the yeah. Look? Okay. And so it made them look more modern. But most people wouldn't even know that those like they'll see the Ferragamo but that's the quality the quality is the fact that his father was able to pass it down to him mm-hmm. so instead of paying about 400 to 600 upward of 400 dollars on a pair of loafers that he would like that were have this quality or this brand name attached to it he probably paid 200 dollars just to get the soul switched out mm-hmm. and i'm like again that's the economic but is that good or bad that's good okay for him to repurpose it Mm -hmm. absolutely because the alternative the dad could have just threw the shoes in the garbage Mm -hmm. for real um or yeah could have threw the shoes in the garbage because he didn't see any need for it he Mm -hmm. was just like maybe my son would want to you know so it's like you know he just instead of it going to waste or it being tossed out he repurposed it and it turned it new and he can probably pass this on to his son or kid or whatever from there but the what allowed that to be possible is the fact that the qual- the materials from the beginning were quality mm-hmm. were high in quality and i've seen the depletion of materials that's why there's this guy on um tiktok he reviews the leather on bags and i was like that man has saved me so much money you know what um, and he doesn't even know it <laughs> i just seen a tweet it was about um they just talked about how? He has also caused me um, buyer's remorse as well. <laughs> Share it with me too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, they talked about leather. I'm trying to formulate the memory. It mm-hmm. was a post I seen on social media. They talked about leather and they talked about um, the more, is it, it's like a smooth finished leather versus Yeah, the a coating rough. that is on leather or like um, different kind of leathers, um, Safiana. And it was, um, lambskin, all that stuff. What they at, what they mentioned was, um, I think one has a rough finish and one doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's like, have you seen him um, or whoever it was? They would probably like put the drop some acetone and it'll kind of rub off the coating. Mm-hmm. That's what the guy usually does. He'll tell you like, um, is it mostly leather, um, dyed leather, or is it heavily paint? Is it heavily a coating? And you can understand the need for the coating because you want it to last long. But there's also the fact that they've depleted this resource, which is essentially cows or whatever animals come from. They depleted this resource so much that they have to um, have to water down their... It's like an intentional downgrade mm-hmm. just so they can produce what is needed to, mm-hmm. fit, to accommodate demand. Um, like even my job kind of does it. They will kind of instead of four grams of something that goes into a formula, they'll make it three point five or three grams instead. So it's like they're reducing their formula just to make the end product be what it is. 
Mm-hmm. Um, consumers, they might be able to taste the difference, maybe, but it's generally, they don't really care. They're going to come buy it regardless. Mm-hmm. And how they did it was they, um, they, they talked about, like, they used purses, for example, and how the leather will look. Um, I guess more people prefer the more smooth finish look, mm-hmm. but I that guess the more leather. beneficial or longevity one was like the one with the rough finish. Yeah, and that's why I'm like, like when, I, when it's a bag says leather, I feel it first. You can always feel the difference in quality. Like I have bags of leather, and this is even funny because I'm like, people have this idea from what I look like that I'm a person who's like, no, PETA, PETA, PETA says no to killing them. Ma'am, I have leather boots, I have leather bags, I'm sorry. Again. I have a leather belt. <laughs> Do I? No, I don't. But yeah, exactly. You get the drift. You get yeah, it. Yeah, get it. like this hippie dippy, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel it. I have leather bags, and you can always tell, like, this is getting me as close to the cow. This is a little further away from the cow. <laughs> this is more plastic. This is more, you know, um, I don't even know a cow name, but you get it. <laughs> No, but I love it. It was um, you can always feel the difference, and I always tell you, tell you that's the thing about textile. Like mm-hmm. you always feel the difference. You can feel it. You could that's a polyester. You can tell the difference in polyester versus cotton. You can feel the difference mm-hmm. with polyester versus cotton. And people always call poly polyester the sisters. Poly and Esther, they call them the sisters. Um, <laughs> that's funny. But yeah, you always you can always um, and that's something like. Some things are very deceiving. And now and then now that I'm thinking about it, like a lot of companies that push out, especially new brands that are just and, and it probably has a lot to do with streetwear. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of these companies are posting mock ups that they get from manufacturers. So it's like these digitized um, images of what they wanted the manufacturer to create. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so pretty and they're using it for marketing purposes. They're using it for, um, imagery to show the consumers, their buyers, potential buyers. Right. Um, and then you get the product and what you normally would get as a t-shirt or hoodie, you've gotten some, again, the the sisters, polyester (laughs) hoodies used to be Hanes, hundred percent cotton. Everybody knew those those commercials with Michael Jordan and all of them celebrities that were in their drawers and their Mm t-shirts. Um, everybody knows that like from memory wise, you know that that's a kind of corn memory when it comes to, um, retail marketing, all this stuff. Um, now everybody uses AI, everybody uses, um, and I sound like, maybe I sound like an old lady saying this or something. I don't know. It's just like, I hone in. Yes. I'm very proud of the talents that are able to create these mock-ups and digitizations. But I think they're more deceptive than they are um, glorified for the talent in itself, or you know, praise for the talent in itself. Mm-hmm. It's, I've, I've, and and it probably will. It could result in um, people kind of getting sick and tired, and and that's why people are. That's probably why people are like streetwear is dead because you're getting crap versus quality. Getting clout versus, um, you know, proper materials. Um, you're getting clout versus cotton, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just hope we are in it. And I don't even think there's any individual thing we can do to revert that um, because what essentially happened is that corporations have depleted resources that new 
companies could have potentially used to make their stuff higher quality. Mm-hmm. But everybody is like um, focus on the bottom line mm-hmm. and well, monopoly. <laughs> what makes a good quality t-shirt brand or um, quality hoodie brand to it just depends on the person production. like recently I had somebody come to me about me them wanting me to make a sweater um, because I already know the person personally mm-hmm. um, but you have to be mindful even um, when I make a purchase if I'm buying a certain sweater or shirt am I going to be comfortable in it um, I have very sensitive skin. That's also something that has to be, I have to keep be mindful of. So even knowing that person as closely as I do, I was telling them um, material selection is, is, you have to be mindful of. They have very sensitive skin and I have to be courteous. I have to be, I have to care for that. I have to make sure they are going to be able to wear this comfortably. Mm-hmm. Um, so I discussed it with them. They had an initial idea as to what material they wanted to use. And I was like, can, we can pivot this way because I know you have sensitive skin. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that's discussed internally when people kind of inquire about what they want. Okay. Good. <laughs> that's great insight. Uh, where do you look for inspiration? Well, what do you look to for inspiration when it comes to designing or creating? Uh, uh, looking at the page, um, and it's not the first time I did I noticed, mm-hmm. um, but I see that it's um, sometimes a compilations of different type of crocheted looks. Yeah. Um, in bulk with your own designs as well, mm-hmm. and I wondered, does that give you inspiration? Um, or what is, what is I would say from? yeah. Um, when I think of crochet. Um, um, or when most people think of crochet, their minds go straight to something an old lady made. Mm-hmm. Um, their local grandma. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My idea is to kind of pivot from that um, generalization and to go into um, more avant-garde pieces. What's avant-garde? Unique, sorry. Mm-hmm. More unique pieces, mm-hmm. um, more personalized pieces, um, something that you wouldn't find very often. Mm-hmm. Um, when somebody like if so, when you see, for example, Missoni, um, it's a fashion brand. Most of their stuff is pretty knit, but when you see, it's a chevron, you you know, like the zigzag. Mm-hmm. So when you see it, you know it's associated with that company. That company has that kind of tag there. They don't own the rights to the chevron symbol. Of course, but everybody knows if you see zigzags in multicolor, it's most likely Missoni. Mm-hmm. Um, if you see colorful swirls on a um, piece of clothing or bikini, whatever dress, it's most it's probably Emilio Pucci. Mm-hmm. Um, if you see who can I think of um, pleats, you think of I can't think that Japanese designer. Yeah. Oh, even Bottega. Exactly. I didn't know Bottega. Um, I was reading more about Bottega. They don't put the logo on their mm-hmm. um, product. They, they make the, it more. When you see a Bottega, you know that's a Bottega. Yeah, but and even I've the that. fact that um, they have a brand color that green. Yes, that's um, it. I've seen a pair of pants. Um, even before looking at it, one of the buttons on the pants is that color green. Mm-hmm. So whether the tag is ripped out or whatever, you know, everybody know Bottega green. Everybody, yeah, yeah. it's very mm-hmm. you can you know, distinct, we'll take a green. find yeah. the distinction mm-hmm. exactly. 
Exactly. That's why I'm like, you know, you add your every personalized piece. Um, <laughs> it has it's a connection between me and whoever purchased. I love that. Mm-hmm. I really do love it. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at your bags too on the shout out Houston Texas article. I was like, mm, I really. I don't know. I just love it. You know what's crazy? That durable. photo shoot was um, <laughs> was interesting. I'm a very camera shy person, mm-hmm. um, so I I paid a creative director for the initial shoot for that article. I paid a creative creative di- director to help me. Like I've never dealt with photo shoots in my life, so I'm like, what? Oh, let me outsource. You know, let me you know network. Pull some talent. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that they had my vision in in mind. There was a disalignment, um, and from idea to from concept to creation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just like they have me in the center of this, and I'm like I'm not even putting. I don't even put myself in the center of this, so I don't think I should even be in this picture. Um, and then there was like a placement of yarn and I'm just like, this looks so chaotic. I don't even treat my yarn like this. Oh my God. Um, and then, um, I was like, um, I could, when I got the pictures back, I was just so displeased. I was so uncomfortable. Um, and cozy, I guess you, the natural concept is comfort, right? Um, and I was just so uncomfortable with this. The I can sense that probably just even now as you're telling the story, how your reaction was when you first. Yeah, and I'm just like I I was near tears. That's how I was like, this is not me. This is not what I um envisioned. And I just scrapped the whole thing, and I was like, I'm just gonna do it myself. And and that's a struggle when it comes to entrepreneurship. You are the person that just does about everything, um, but you also have to be mindful like this is your baby. Mm-hmm. So you can want to bring other people in, um, but you have to be mindful. They have to have your vision, and they have to see the same vision you're seeing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm going to just do it myself. And it turned out to be very, very beautiful. Everything, even props, were all my personal jewelry. Mm-hmm. Really. Oh, yeah, I've seen even the cross. Exactly. I, I was like, yeah, 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 it's cross. Yeah, I was like, this is my personal jewelry. And I'm mm-hmm. like, probably when it cost as much as it did initially if I just went with what I I'm a pretty frugal young lady but I like the finer things in life you did a great job with it um thank you based on the ones I see and you, you know a, what's the, even the placement of the purses even even the crazy thing is the photographers themselves were uncomfortable with the first product the first shoot they were like I could just feel the tension in the room and I'm like Okay, I'm trying to, you know, be comfortable with, you, what did I say? Um, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. So I'm just like, okay, um, I don't know about this, but, you know, get, be comfortable being uncomfortable. This look like some stuff. This look like some bullshit. This look like some shit. <laughs> yeah, it's like some bullshit, but it might turn out to be, you know, I don't see her vision yet. I don't see her vision yet. Yet. Can so. you get a benefit of the doubt? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I should have just gave a doubt. The doubt was strictly. The <laughs> doubt strictly. And I'm I'm just seeing them. They look so they look so tense. The the creative director is like hovering over the photographer. They look so annoyed. I'm just like, um, I fucked up bringing another person here to give my vision when mm. only I can see my vision in my mm. freaking head. Um, but when I switched up the shoot and I was like, I'm just going to take over. We're going to do this, 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 this. And I, the smiles in the room were like, 
they gave me goosebumps. I was so happy. I was so proud of myself. Mm-hmm. It was just like a feeling that was like, I'm done. I'm like, I, I haven't conquered my fear of being camera shy, of course. But I'm like, we got to step closer. Mm-hmm. We got to step closer. We saw my hands. We got, we saw my hands in the shit, you know. Oh, yeah. Holding exactly. the back. Exactly. And I love the, um, <laughs> I do love. Start somewhere. This, that scarf. Oh yeah! Oh that yeah! Is, exactly. That, that was a powerful. You can you can print those and you can have a little a gallery. You know that was one of the art. photographers actually. I was just like, I need a guy. Um, I love that. I was like, I need a guy, and I'm like, I could put his face in it, but that's not even the focus. Focus is. I love the. Yeah. That's why I know there was no focus on faces, but more mm-hmm. so the art. And I think um, you can generalize that. However, sometimes we lose the focus. Yeah, it's more so. It's, um, I, I think. People try too hard to make things aesthetically pleasing um, when including people into things um, to where it's not scratch that. I think more people focus that because the fo- you're, you're putting on an image, um, I think more the focus is who is modeling it. Um, rather than the item, like okay, I can see a mini skirt and a full fit on a girl, but I know th- well the idea behind the person who put this out is like okay, I made the mini skirt, but now that you've added um, somebody who is like who's dressed to the nine, who added their own flips and dips to this piece to add their own swag to this piece, mm-hmm. um, I think it loses sight of the actual item. the actual item. A hundred percent. So it's like it doesn't stand out as mm-hmm. much as it would if just the item was kept in mind rather than the concept of the shoot. I think the feel or need to be so different. Or maybe some people kind of try to repeat Zara in their very peculiar photo shoots. And I'm just like, it's not really I a love catalog. Zara's, um, clothes. Zara's yeah, Zara's um, quality has depleted considerably yeah. over the years. I haven't shopped in Zara in a exactly, minute, and that's because it's like yeah. What's well, your thoughts on I did Zara? a Zara haul today. <laughs> I did a Zara haul How today. How do you do a Zara haul? It's so expensive. Yo, it'd be like three items, four items, and they spent five hundred dollars. Yeah, I, don't know I said, you well, y'all got money. Yeah, that's expensive. Okay, y'all got money. But what are some? Um, <laughs> it was someone gonna ask. Wait, it was something very important. I was going to ask you. Let me look at my note. Um, I forgot. Anyway, the question that just popped up, but it wasn't the question that I had thought of yeah. when we were talking. It was, um, what are some brands you shop at? Ooh. Um, I've been because shopping. Of quality of items, you know? You know what? I've been, I've been shopping um, in more over, in more surplus stores. Um, discount stores like Nordstrom Rack, Saks Office. Mm-hmm. Um, cause right now I'm like trying to, how do I put this? I'm trying to buy more big girl clothes and, um, because I own a lot of workout clothes and I'm like, okay, you don't have much casual clothes outside of workout clothes. So I'm trying to rebuild or add to my, add, um, your palette, right. not your palette, add, staple pieces to my closet so right now my focus has been quality but i'm also um trying to get more bang for my buck Mm -hmm. so going on store like surplus stores like overstock stores like stuff that don't that's don't sell out originally for its 
intended price point, mm-hmm. but they get priced down and go to Nordstrom Rack. They go to stuff their quality still maybe there. Yeah, they go they to Marshalls and stuff okay. like Ross and stuff like that. So right now, that's been the stores I've been shopping at. But also, if I have like a particular piece in mind, I'll go. Excuse me. Um, and probably it's a little bit of like pleasing my inner child or something that's tied into that because I'm like buying stuff that I wanted since I was like a kid or stuff that I noticed like um, vintage pieces that I noticed when I was a kid and I've like always been and I don't know if it was like for um, the uh, for I was a kid so I had limited funds <laughs> of course um, <laughs> so I've been a, always been able to kind of maneuver to get what I want and mm. I've always that's the thing about patience too so um, I could have a item in mind like I bought a pair of Prada sneakers um, that were on consignment um, far below the retail price far far below but because again trends don't die they just recycle they don't. the sneaker came back but in different colorways but I bought them in past colorways you know and I really relate with the trend on die because I I don't jump on trends too much. I just do when I mm-hmm, want to. I mm-hmm. can do it maybe three years from later now. Or I'm just like everybody. All of this day in the life. Welcome to my channel. Um, come with me as I go grocery shopping. Um, yeah. And oh, I'm doing a Zara haul. And like I've seen this one item about 50 times today now. Mm-hmm. Because of all of you have gone and done a Zara haul. None of you have done anything different. The item is still in the freaking store yeah. or on the app. <laughs> I I think I relate with you the most in terms of Ooh, but also fashion. Outlet stores. Outlet malls. Yeah. Um, Because New Jersey is... I don't know if it's just a New Jersey thing or like East Coast thing. I haven't run into many outlets here, mm-hmm. but I've uh, outlet shopping has been something I've been doing since I was a very young, very very young. Um, it's more economically friendly, you know. But it's also I get I get what I need um, without having to. If you have enough patience in this world, um, you can get some anything for far less than what it originally priced. But also. Um, I move with the idea that if they did not pay full price to make it, I'm not paying full price to buy it. <laughs> Period. Exactly. And I don't think anybody should. I don't think anybody should. They're paying pick nickels and dimes to somebody in the plant that's fully produced this. Um, but they're they're up marking that thing about five hundred percent like no, that that makes no sense. And that's influence. another thing about sustainability, like making sure you're paying people livable wage because if you don't, they will revolt and you will have nobody to make anything. And we've seen a lot of that in history. She people. in right now. Um, once them people in them factories start kicking up on them, we ain't going to have no more people writing help me on the tag. They just going to be whooping butt. Mm-hmm. She in is going to stop full force unless they decide they want to kick they but but i'm like you killed him that's you still lose there mm-hmm. who are you gonna get to make are you gonna make it the same one that was tapping on the computer the same time? one that was tapping on the computer and just making schedules that weren't even making sense to begin with <laughs> that one that couldn't count my little bit of money that they pay me already <laughs> you're gonna trust them to make this okay good luck good luck <laughs> What I notice is that about Cozy is that the handbags are sort of like a sin- signature item mm-hmm. for um, women. 
So for the women market, I was reading your shout out Houston, Texas article, and I see you mentioned you can't wait to explore the men's department. I started a little bit. So do you, yeah, do you have any ideas on the signature items that you have for men? Just um, as like you know, I think um, because how do I put this? I buy men's clothes on occasion mm-hmm. for myself. Um, but I kind of, and that's, that's the struggle there that I'm, I'm running into or the, the roadblock essentially, um, men's sizing. I've only had to work with women's sizing for a very long time as I am a woman. Mm -hmm. Um, so trying to take myself out of it is pretty hard, especially when I am my own muse, I guess. Um, so finding that male, um, muse for myself, I think that would help. One, um, two, um, I think men's clothes are pretty cool. And I just feel like, you know, if I could rock men and women's clothes, that just makes me even more of that girl. You mm-hmm. So, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. So I think that's that's what it is. I've, I've explored, even um, I had a, a magazine launch slash pop-up shop that I was in a part of. I actually had a male model that I made a pair of shorts for. It's on my Instagram account right now. Or it's on the page um, right now. The cozy account right now. Um, I made a pair of shorts for this gentleman. They were personally made to his measurements. Literally had to measure from, like, you know, waist to knees. Because they were shorts. Mm-hmm. Um, so that they could be the right length. Because he backed out last minute, we had to switch out with somebody else. Um, and, of course, they didn't fit his measurements, so they looked kind of funny on this guy. Mm-hmm. And so that's my thing. It's like, um, while I do make things very personalized, um, I'm also kind of occasionally... Like, I've had instances where people I'm stuck with people's items because they won't put the final price. They won't pay the final, you know, closeout fees mm-hmm. to what they commissioned. So it's kind of harder to get rid of things because of that. Yeah, yeah. And I think because of right now, a lot of um, men's wear. (laughs) I can see now. You you ain't getting this bag. Exactly. You're not getting this bag. Exactly. And I'm noticing a lot of men's wear are like screen screen printed items. Mm -hmm. So it's harder to kind of wiggle. Like now they're going into more knitwear, you know, things. It's coming, becoming more of a thing for men's wear. Um, as far as like pants, like, you know, tops, sweaters, all that stuff. But a lot of it is screen printed graphic t-shirts. So I'm just like, that is nowhere near what I produce. Mm. So it's harder to kind of target that. See, that's to get your item for a man. Exactly. It's harder to kind of pivot into, to explain men. Like men will come, oh, can you make me a ski mask? And I'm like, um, I, well, thank you. Yeah, sure. I could make a ski mask. Um, but that doesn't leave much excitement for me to make, you know? Like, it doesn't test the the creative waters for me. I think in the future, I think I may want a ski mask for me. I think I may, because, you know, I get Because I have a, you know what's crazy? I have a beanie that's, like, it's a ski mask and a beanie. Oh, you can Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. Like, I wear, like, when it gets a little too cold, I put that thing over my head as a ski mask. But it's also, like, I wear it as a general hat. Like, you just Mm -hmm. cuff it. You can fold it. It's like mine, but it's, Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but bad. it's chunkier, but it's a ski mask. You could turn it around, it's a ski mask, or, or you turn it back the other way, it's a regular hat. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm just like, again, longevity. You can wear yeah. it whichever way, Switch it you wear around. as long that's as That's what possible. I do love about fashion. It just made me think of who are like some fashion, um, 
I guess, icons to you. You would consider them a fashion icon. Mm. All right, someone, uh, someone you just love their fashion. Somebody I love, and um, this is in within textile or uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Issa Boulder. Mm-hmm. Um, she's somebody who works with um, knitwear very heavily. Um, another brand that I like, Knowles. Theirs is more um, synthetic fiber, so not in sense of sustainability or any of that. I just like the, you know, uniqueness of their brand. Okay. Um, I like Rick Owens, but um, not some, some, uh, I like Rick Owens because he tests waters. Would I personally wear some of his stuff? I do own something from Rick Owens, but generally a lot of his products I probably wouldn't wear, but it's like, I like the uniqueness of it. Mm-hmm. Um, another company, Front Row. Um, that one, the price is overpriced, honestly. But the the items are unique. So I, I can see where we get this price point from. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a, a black-owned business. Um, what else? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's just about it. Um, I used to be like a, a heavy Zara girl, um, but I only would shop in store because the outlet store particularly, and I always shop out of season. Like so, right now I'm mm, probably that's good. yeah because make it more unique and mm-hmm. and it allows you to get more creative with what you're buying. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't. It's everybody's like, oh, we pre order pre order for spring. <laughs> Because what, like, some... Then everybody wearing the same thing. Yeah, everybody's wearing the same thing, exactly. Whereas I'm kind of doing it like a reverse, you know, Mm -hmm. situation. And I'm going seasons back, Mm -hmm. but I'm wearing it current. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That's dope. Yeah, I do love... Turn something old into modern. Something old modern. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do love your fashion sense. I really relate to it. Um, Thank you. And I learned a lot from it as well. You know, I mean, yeah. I like my fashion sense too, um, but I'm—I don't know. Maybe I'm a little cynical. <laughs> um, <laughs> I run into uh, this is again why I keep to myself. I run into a lot of people that want to be friends with me because um, they think we go and switch our clothes. We gonna borrow clothes. I don't mm-hmm. let people borrow my clothes. I'm not a borrow clothes kind of girl, um, unless it's absolute emergency. Your shirt just ripped something. But mm-hmm. I don't generally. I'm very. I've had people steal my clothes before, so <laughs> I'm very. very yeah, me give me that. Um, be like, yeah. Stall. Can I borrow this? I'll give it right back, and then I want to ask it for it. It's like, oh, I can't find it. Um, man, I never understood the can't find clothes. You can't find it because you stole you it. Don't want to give it back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I just think, um, and it's like nobody's. People are less inclined to steal something that is with out of season. I'll probably still something that's like the trendy mind is exactly, still, so. exactly. So um, yeah, psychological exactly. things. If it's but not yeah, I'm trending to weary, them, they don't like it. Very, very weary of people because I think right now um, people um, are in a stage of glitz and glitz. they hype. They're in the stage of hype, like hype beast. I don't even want to say hype beast because hype beast. When I think of hype beast, I think of people that are well. Maybe could be they're hyper focused on brand, like brands, um, recognize being recognized on them. Mm-hmm. They don't have any personal style. They just have um, the budget. So 
personal style. They just have a budget. And I'm like, I'm seeing 20 people in this. They're mannequins. Yeah, <laughs> essentially. And I'm like, even mannequins. Then that's even an insult to mannequins because mannequins be having different outfits on. They just kind of match in color. They all just be having the same outfit on. Mm-hmm. So I think I don't freaking know what to call it. It's just copy paste. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think <laughs> I think I I particularly I'm mindful like and you you're and Instagram is a liar. Instagram is a liar. Social media is a liar. Um, people want to get be near you or be close to you because you look a certain way or it'll add to their steez <laughs> if you're around um so i run into a lot of people that want to be friends with me because it looks cute to be friends with me or something it's kind of sad and i'm just like ma'am no i've had people like it, yeah i've had some weird stuff happen when it comes to um clothes fashion <laughs> People do some weird things when it comes to clothes and shoes, man. They do some weird things. Man. Oh, but yes. <laughs> in 2020, um, I I know Cozy came in 2019. Yeah. Um, I think 2020 would be the Cozy's first birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, they also had the pandemic. So um, a lot of business were impacted in some form of fashion. So tell me how Cozy was impacted by the pandemic. I, if it was. Uh, wouldn't say it was impacted by the pandemic per se um in a bad way at least Mm -hmm. um i think because the pandemic took some like took away from day to day i had more time for it um and it allowed me to be more forthcoming with what i produce um but of course life is going to always life um, so now that pandemic is subsided or like alleviated a little bit, restrictions have been lifted. Um, people have gone back to work normal day to day prior to COVID. Um, the time that I spent once spent and I was, how do I put this? Um, during the pandemic, I, I spent the entire pandemic in New Jersey or not the entire pandemic, but a good chunk of it in New Jersey. Um, and because New Jersey is smaller and everything's more accessible, I was able to get materials quicker. So I think you told me that over the phone one time. Yeah, I was able to get materials quicker because I'm able to get. To, whereas here, everything is far as hell, or there's traffic, disrespectful kind of traffic. Was my beanie in 2020? I think. I think cause I remember. It's when school came back, like okay. right when school came back. I remember back, very when, quickly. I remember. I remember you mentioning that though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was like, it's, it was it was not easier to give me materials, but it was easier to get to the material. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it didn't take like a, uh, it didn't boom or whatever. Um, I think more, more um, news outlets were focused on um, highlighting companies that were beginning or starting during the pandemic. Because mm-hmm. a lot of businesses were started during that time, whether through PPP or um inspiration <laughs> or passion um yeah i think that that was generally the the impactor in covid um i was able to focus more on creation or what i was creating um yeah hmm. excuse the noise 
I'm trying to see, but I think that's it. My last question for you, you know, the famous question. I'm scared. Um, <laughs> I'm like, how famous is this question? That you I asked all my guests not this question. Okay. Um, who do you want to see next on Can Make Us Live? Who do I want to see next? Um, I don't know. You can be a recommendation of a friend. Um, any any business that you any business that you've seen. Um, you want to hear their story? I'm, I'm, I'm getting into skincare a lot, so I want to see somebody talk about skincare within the skincare esthetician yeah. or maybe esthetician. Maybe I can get my esthetician on here. Oh, maybe I would love that. Miss Smith Bermudez. I haven't got yes, a patient. That would be maybe nice. Maybe some change. You can talk about some skincare. I just got a chemical peel. Mm-hmm. I'm very like you know. I remember I got my soft peel. light. What was it? Self care Sundays, soft life. <laughs> and this is a good season to get chemical pills. I had one. Right? Um, yes, this is perfect season I, to I get chemical when I got pills. My chemical it's pill. getting cold. It's cold. It's not as sunny right now. Mm-hmm. Right now is the perfect time. My face is has been peeling. It's, it's almost finished peel, but it's mm-hmm. it's been peeling. But I'm like, yeah, right now is the perfect time to get a chemical pill. Okay, so you um, want somebody in the skincare, skincare yes. room? Yes. Yes. Do you know anybody that is in it now? That's um, not particularly. I know okay. you have a friend. Um, she was in C100. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Lauren, maybe? Oh, Lauren. Yeah, yeah. she. I know okay. she talks about skincare um, on her personal blog. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. That would be nice. Or your esthetician. Either one would be okay, pretty bet. insightful. Okay, bet. Alrighty. That would be interesting. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think I'm I'm all about... I mean, their skin is the biggest organ you have. If you cannot keep that up to, up to par... And the rest is very, very concerning then. <laughs> the rest is very right. concerning. All these people that be like, oh, my love language is physical touch. Go out and wash your hands before you come and touch somebody. <laughs> <laughs> but no, thank you, Yemi. I of really course. appreciate thank you for you this for episode. Um, it's beautiful to see what you've been able to create and to have that vision for you to be on this podcast because you know I've been working on this for a little minute. Period, poo. To see everything very coming to fruition. <laughs> and to see you come on here this I is nice it. I'm very I'm nervous about what I sound like when I'm recorded but this has been cool that's probably why um, I, I'm liking the sound of my voice that's probably why these podcasters that talk about 50-50 all dang day and submission and whatever maybe that's why they so they won't stop talking because they like talking the sound of their voice yeah the sound of my voice sounds really nice on this but when I'm at a concert screaming at the top of my lungs while I'm recording, it sounds a little crazy. When you play it back after coming from a concert, it sounds crazy. Oh, so I can nice. see why why podcasts have been there's been an uprising podcast because your voice sounds very nice. I guess I with headphones, like I'm a, I'm there's on some the podcasts that I see that they don't have a headphone. They're they're moving by faith and not by um, sight or hearing. I guess in this sense. Oh man, because um, they sound crazy. But no, I really appreciate you, and um, I guess someone in the skincare realm. Uh, we picked that person. I think I may fast track that one because that one is yeah. very unique. Exactly, because I'm like, um, I didn't, I wasn't able to narrow down. And more, more parents, and that's what I love. Um, people are learning from their mistakes of or from their traumas, or whatever. Um, and that's why I'm very empathetic about certain things, even when it comes to personal hygiene. I might crack a little joke, but mm-hmm. what I realized when it comes to people like making fun of, I mean, there's basic things that everybody should generally know. But um, we've all learned habits from people before us. 
So to clown somebody, like I don't, I will never clown somebody for stinking or whatever because they inherited whatever their hygiene practices they got from somebody prior to them. So they're yeah. only making do with what, what resource they have. Um, you can, there's a way to educate somebody politely um, without ridicule, without insulting them. Mm-hmm. Um, we just have to be mindful about how we approach things. And, and I don't think many people do that. I think people are trying to, um, to find the next meme rather than realizing people are humans everybody's humans um you're building insecurities not only without the community around you but then yourself Mm low-key um or you're projecting insecurities essentially um but yeah i'm always mindful of um, how i approach um, people's habits of course there's certain ones that are like you know better you know better like everybody should be washing their ass Everybody should be watching the crack of their ass, but there's there's people that don't. That one's you can shame. I don't have no problem shaming somebody for watch not washing their ass. Washing their legs, huh? And that one I'm ashamed too, and we know who those people Wash are. Wash your legs. Washing and they talking about trickle down effect. Um, yeah. <laughs> I seen that on Twitter. I was like, huh? You just, washing your legs? And then the kids said, we don't. We we, we gotta wash your legs. Kids, the kids they went swimming today, so they don't need a bath. Excuse me. Oh, did you see the um? What's her name? I'll be damned. You know how I'm talking about um, the shower. <laughs> huh? I didn't hear you. <laughs> be Simone in the shower. I don't like to watch her too often. She yells a lot. Anyway, it was a clip Pretty that they pulled. You know, you Pretty pull a clip from a podcast, it goes viral. Oh, She's saying that she doesn't. Well, <laughs> she said she don't wash her legs? No, she doesn't take a bath every day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's what they be saying. <laughs> And I think I think there's more girls like that out there. Um, and I hate, I hate, 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 hate. Um, I, and I think it's just come with the outward and just materialistic. Like the the a good outfit starts with a bath. A great outfit starts with a bath. And nobody and I had to come close. I had to come close to the mic for that. A great bath. A great outfit starts with a bath. A shower, not even a bath. A yeah. shower. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Yes, you could be watching rocking Gucci Louis uh, product. But you can't take it to skin. But you smell like poo poo, um, and no, you just no. That's that, not good. That's a, my. I follow this esthetician that talks about like we put on these Gucci Louis, want to spend these thousand dollars and put it on our body, but we're not taking care of the skin yeah, that the clothes is going on on it. Spending too much money to go dry clean this outfit, but you won't even spend enough, spend the money on a body wash. You won't even, or even the body wash is one ninety nine. Or loofah. It should, <laughs> or it should be Proper this. Proper sponge. You know, so it's just you that just, investment. Your rag is smelling like mildew. <laughs> Come on. It's that investment in what you're in taking care of your skin when you want all these fashions, but mm-hmm. where's the facial it's, and where's the skincare regimen and all that? Uh, other stuff. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm seeing people introduce skincare um, routines to kids. Oh to yeah, their for children. sure. My my child and is wearing um, sunscreen for sure. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Like, it's it's one thing to for a parent to just wake you up and put a rag across your mm-hmm. face, but now they're actually going in and de- helping their kids develop. It's skincare routine. The because, baby Sarah V. Uh, exactly. <laughs> can't wait like, to Sarah V. Yeah. That's so nice. And a lot of these products, which people don't know, a lot of these products, um, even if it's, yeah, there's like um, noticeable differences, of course, in the quality of the um, ingredients. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the stuff that are like store brand um, have to meet the same kind of um, 
standards mm -hmm. for just for that product. They have to meet the same standards. So mm -hmm. sometimes people are like, oh, it's store brand. And I'm like, it's the same. It's generally the oh, same. Oh, like the generic brand? Yeah. And oh. I'm like, it's generally the same. A lot of mm -hmm. stuff. Like if it's labeled baby, there's no difference between the baby and the adult one. Oh. There's, there's no difference. I thought you meant baby. like a CVS brand versus a... Oh, yeah, that too. Same, same thing? Okay, yeah, even the baby too. and the... Yeah, generally they all have to meet the same standard. Mm -hmm. So it's just like... Um, and that's why... That's it. <laughs> like people will be... Like, okay, um, sunscreens in particular, like you mentioned. Um, there's ones that will be for babies, but the ones for babies like probably high for the price of the one that's marketed for adults. Mm -hmm. Just buy the baby one. Just, just buy the baby one. If in, if anything, the baby one is is probably a little less um, damaging than the adult one. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just a little tip, hack, or whatever there. Hmm. <laughs> That's great. I learned I'm a lot. All about this. saving money. I learned a lot here. You're welcome. I'm gonna try the baby sunscreen. <laughs> yes, baby sunscreen. Like I bought some sunscreen that said for body. Um, my esthetician said there's no difference. You can use it on your face. Hmm. Sunscreen? Mm -hmm. It was like a body sunscreen. I've learned that some like, well, let me not use sunscreen for example, mm -hmm. but some stuff that you put on your body, you cannot put on your face. But some stuff that oh, you can use on your face, I mean, some stuff that you can't use on your face, you can use for your body. Like I can use a CeraVe face wash or on my body, but I cannot use a body scrub on my face. Exactly. I mean, stuff like that, you kind of... But I guess sunscreen is like an exception. Right? Yeah, you're okay. using it to block UV rays. The UV rays. Yeah, that's the, <laughs> the essential. I mean, you can measure whether or not you get a white cast or not from mm -hmm. it, but a lot of it... I mean, somebody might tell me I'm wrong, but I got my source from my institution. So you can fault so, anybody. Yeah, you can, you can go to that, not me. Okay, but... Well, Yemi, thank you so much. Thank you for, for having me. No problem. And that's a wrap. Yeah. <laughs> what we do here is go back, 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 back. Yeah. yeah. Kenneth goes live. Kenneth goes live. Kenneth goes live, baby, baby. Kenneth goes live. 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 Kenneth goes live.